The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility. Responsible gaming resources. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we're going to do a recap of Super Bowl 54. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. to in uh, what I thought was actually a great Super Bowl game, and I'm joined by my co-host for this episode, John. John, did you did you enjoy? First of all, how nice was it to have a Super Bowl where the Patriots weren't playing? <laughs> oh my god, it's fantastic! I I feel like it's been so long since I've enjoyed a Super Bowl where I didn't care which team won. <laughs> it was so much more enjoyable, wasn't it? It's so much yeah. more stressful to hope that the Patriots, one of the best teams in NFL history, loses in the Super Bowl. And you're just like, I feel like I lost. Like, like the even if the, I wanted the Chiefs to win, even if the Chiefs lost, I, I don't wouldn't feel like I lost at the end of tonight. I'd be like, meh, it's just Monday tomorrow. I feel like I, I would have had a, a, a large, I feel like I've had the hangover from the Super Bowl, or the Patriots winning the Super Bowl in past years, you know? So what did you think? So what did you think of the game in general? Did you enjoy it? Was it a good game? Um, did it have you up until the end? Yeah, no doubt. It was a great game. Um, you know, the I, I thought the Chiefs would win, and they did. Um, obviously, they got behind. They were down by 10. They still came back and won it. Um, you know, really great for Andy Reid. Really happy for him. Um, you know, Watkins had a good game. Um or Bill, uh, I I just enjoyed watching it. There was like no pressure. Like I don't want this team to win. I don't want this team to lose or anything like that. It was it was good. Yeah, yeah, the same. It was it was an enjoyable game. It went up until the last drive or so, and and I mean, at one point you thought the Chiefs were down. They weren't going to come back. The, the momentum just didn't seem like it was in their favor. And then all of a sudden it shifted. You know, in the fourth quarter, you know, it was I think there was only five or six minutes left, and the, the Chiefs drove down the field, got that touchdown, and then you know they got the the ball back on a Jimmy Garoppolo interception, and you know it was it was it was a really exciting game. Even if you know the team that I was hoping for, the Chiefs didn't win, I think it would have been 
a very it's just a good football game. So we're going to talk about a little bit more about this game and 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 things that we liked and things that we didn't like, but we're also going to talk about um, how it relates to the Bills as well because I think that we had in mind before this game went on. You know, what are some players that you think you know players or or, or people that you you know or just they have traits that you would want to see for the Bills team going forward. Things things that the Bills frankly don't have right now, and. Um, I think actually let's let's go and talk about that. Can I first say that I I put this tweet out on on Twitter about if you're not following us, please do a CTW pod. It was somewhat controversial actually. Got a lot of replies about from people saying that. And I know you mentioned that, John, like after I tweeted it, you're like, you know what? I was thinking this, you know, before before you actually tweeted it, was that um if you notice uh, both teams in the Super now, now, a big point of contention, let me back up a minute, <laughs> a big point of contention for Bills fans this offseason is we need to get a stud wide receiver, an elite wide receiver, you know, one of those like six foot four, you know, get the ball anywhere it's thrown to you sort of receiver like a Julio Jones or an AJ Green or Mari Cooper, like one of those guys, right? And it's either via the draft or free agency or whatever. And this is something that the Bills, Bills fans in general have always wanted. We just have never really had that. Maybe Eric Moltz. I guess I'd say would be the closest guy I can remember being to that just elite type of talented receiver that the Bills had. And, um, you know, I just put on Twitter, you know, I, I know we all want to get this guy, the six foot four elite wide receiver for Josh Allen, but neither Super Bowl team had that tonight. You know, I'm just, just saying, just saying neither, neither team nor the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers had that six foot four elite wide receiver that we seem to be talking about in the offseason. And then the biggest thing after that, people were like, well, they, you know, they each have great tight ends. And I'm like, that's that's fair. I didn't say that they didn't have tight ends, but nobody's talking about tight ends. Everyone's talking about wide receivers. Everyone's talking that the Bills should get Amari Cooper. Nobody's looking at the next best tight end in free agency, the next best tight end in the draft. Maybe it's because the draft is so deep at wide receiver this year. I don't know. But um, did you look at this game at all in the same light, John? And you look at how the Bills, I, I couldn't help but think about how the Bills stack up against the 49ers and the Chiefs. Did you did you find yourself comparing the Bills to those teams as well? Yeah, yes and no, but yeah, it inevitably happened. I mean, so the Bills need more playmakers, right? So, like, you're thinking of guys, like, like the Chiefs receivers, right? Like, the receiving core is outstanding, and they got Tyreek Hill. Like, the more playmakers you have, the better. But then you also look at the, you know guys like the tight ends, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, like those are very reliable players. Um, they They're, would be great too. And then you got other players like the 49ers fullback who who's like you know he can do a lot of different things. Like your team, like there's just so many different directions any team can go in for a number of different positions. I mean, it, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think that the the Chiefs have better targets altogether. You know, that was one of the things when people were comparing, you know, well, what if the Bills had Patrick Mahomes? What if they had actually drafted him instead of, you know, Tredavious White? And, and the big argument against that was that the Bills don't have the weapons that that the Kansas City Chiefs do. They don't have a good offense like the Kansas City Chiefs do. And that is all 100% true as far as, now whether Patrick Mahomes would still succeed in Buffalo or not is, you know, we'll never know. But the fact that the fact remains that they do have so much better target, so many better targets on offense. Tyreek Hill is better than John Brown, I would say. Um, not to take anything away from John Brown, I think he's very good, but I think Tyreek Hill is top five, top ten at the position, right? 
Um, you, you look at, you know, the Bills don't have a tight end within the same realm at this point of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a beast. You talked about George Kittle. I mean, those guys are top two or three at their position, right? At the tight end position. Yeah. They had a receiver like Sammy Watkins or somebody. <laughs> Bills, Bills wouldn't even know what, if they ever had a receiver like Sammy Watkins. <laughs> what would they ever do with him, right? I mean, they'd probably throw him the ball all the time. <laughs> they would use him to the greatest extent that they possibly could. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, you know, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is what? Considered like a number two wide receiver there. He's better than, you know, you know a lot of what the Bills have. Hey, there's, just, there's just a lot to like on offense. You could say the same thing about, you know, the 49ers have a very good offense as well. Emmanuel Sanders is a great, great wide receiver. Debo Samuel, it looks like a very promising wide receiver. They use, they use the fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, like you mentioned. They utilize him more. I don't know if he's better than Patrick DeMarco, but they sure as hell use him a lot more on offense. Then the Bills do. The Bill, you know, the, the 49ers have, you know, really great running backs, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman. I feel like they use them in a better I guess I guess I'm just curious, you know, where the Bills go from here. Um I, I think one thing that stands out to me is the 49ers have an amazing offensive line. I think I think I look at that team specifically though, in the 49ers, and I'm like, this is like the Bills team. Like they run the ball pretty well. Except, you know, they, they have a good defense. The Bills have a better defense, but they have a very good defense also. The 49ers do. And the Bills are just missing some offensive creativity. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just a much more consistent quarterback at this point than Josh Allen is. I mean, you would expect that Jimmy G is, what, in his seventh year, right? So, I mean, he's got a lot more time on Josh Allen. But, you know, he was, let's see, I'm pulling up some stats here. He was 20 for 31 for 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But for 20 for 31, I mean, at one point he was like 18 for 21. You know, the guy was just, he was just hitting guys over the middle nonstop. And they were actually using the play action pass so effectively because everyone thought they were going to run the ball. And the Chiefs did a great job stopping them defensively, which I didn't think they could. But if you look at the both teams, I'd say the, the Bills more likely kind of they look more like the 49ers, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it's just the Bills just lack some pieces on offense and a little bit more creativity and ability to get guys open or get guys in space and get the ball into your playmaker's hands. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's kind of where I came from watching this. I'm like, the Bills could be very close to a 49ers team in the near future. Did you think that at all, John? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the Niners... I mean, the Bills have a top five defense, but I think the Niners have a better defense. And um, the Bills try to run the ball a lot, but the Niners run the ball better than the Bills. Oh, yeah. But those are both strengths of both teams, the running game and the defense. Um, I'm not sure if I'd rather have Garoppolo over Allen. Um, I, think I, I think I like Allen, and I think I like his progression. And I think that uh, going forward, I think – I like what the Bills have there. I think they just need to have, you know, keep improving the offensive line and surround them with more rep, more weapons. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about free agency now that free agency is officially, we're in that season. It's officially the NFL offseason as of tonight. Um, I think that one of the things that 
I would like to see the Bills do from now on every single draft. And I know it sounds weird, but I, I feel like all of the teams like like the Chiefs and the offensive-minded teams like that, Chiefs, the Packers, they always draft a wide receiver every single season. The Steelers always seem to do that. So no matter what round it is, the Bills should be drafting a wide receiver and offensive lineman in every draft. Whether it's high, whether it's low, they just need to be getting those guys. Because you have to surround Josh Allen with the best talent possible. So you keep on having to shuffle guys in and out. You just need to, you just need, they didn't draft a wide receiver last year. I thought that it was a mistake, but, um, you know, they we're seeing that they need some talent there. They're, they're missing some edge on that side of the ball. You're relying on undrafted guys and guys from the CFL. It's like, we should be, you know, building up players that we've, you know, we have some, some vested interest in besides like a Ray Ray McLeod or whatever, right? Just some, some talented guy out there. Maybe he doesn't run the best uh, 40, but you can get him in the fifth round, but he's got a lot of, I don't know, he's got a lot of upside. You can develop him in a couple of years. He's going to become a Josh Allen's number one target. I don't know. Um, that's that's just what I want to see from now. But let's talk about the Super Bowl teams as far as, you know, we, we mentioned some of their comparables to the Bills. If you could pick one player from each team, who would it be? Now, I'm going to start, I'll start off this one. John, I'm going to start with the 49ers. If I had to pick one player from the 49ers that I think would fit in well with the Bills or is someone that I, I, I hope the Bills somehow get in the draft or free agency or some something comparable would be um, Nick Bosa. Now, that goes to say he was like, what, the second overall pick last season? The guy's a beast. The Bills don't have a defensive end like that. Jerry Hughes is, is very good. I mean, he's the best we have. But after that, it gets pretty rough. Um, there's, no one on, there's no one in the same realm of... Nick Bosa on the Bills team. I doubt they're going to find someone at 22 in the draft that is of that, you know, stature or pedigree as Nick Bosa. But um, I I love his game. He is tremendous. He's only a rookie, and the guy looks like he's going to be dominating the league for years. So this is just you know pie in the sky. If I could pick, if I could pluck one player from the 49ers, I think it would be Nick Bosa. What about you, John? Uh, from the 49ers, I, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Cop out. So I would also say, you know, the 49ers have invested a lot of, you know, their their money and draft allocations into offensive line. I think Joe Staley is an amazing left tackle. Uh, Mike McGlinchey is, is another good player that they have. I, they just, I think, I think they're building from the lines out. And I think it's showing um, with that team. And, uh, and yeah, I think... I mean, it's a, it's a great team. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the future. Now, normally, Super Bowl losing teams don't make it back to the playoffs the season after. It's not a good track record of that, but I, I, I'd i be interested. I mean, George Kittle, another I mean, another great player that the Bills don't have yet. I mean, I know Dawson Knox, we're hoping. But, I mean, right now, it doesn't, doesn't look like he's going to be a, a George Kittle, at least, at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I think he's going to be a great or complimentary tight end, I should say. Um, but but the jury's still out. We'll see. Big usually players make a big jump from year one to year two. So we're really hoping that he makes that big jump and can you know become a a steady target like George Kittle is for Jimmy Garoppolo. So what about the Chiefs, John? Looking at that the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, who would you pick from that team to be on the Bills? It's like between a couple of different players, but I think I'm going to go with my gut and say Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't think we could say, I, I should have mentioned that we're definitely not going to mention quarterbacks when it comes to either team because, you know, people are going to say, oh, Patrick Mahomes. It's like, eh, that's that's so easy. I mean, everyone would want, I mean, you know, 30 other teams would want Patrick Mahomes if they could at this point. Um, but We've yeah. got Josh, 
The Bills have Josh Allen, so they don't need Patrick Mahomes. And, and Mahomes played a pedestrian game, although I think he won MVP, so that's weird, but whatever. Nah, it's the way this, they, they, the NFL, they're so spineless. They just kind of do it to the quarterback, you know. That's how, that's, what, that's what sells tickets. Um, <laughs> so, oh, speaking of, uh, before I get into my Kansas City Chiefs player and conspiracy theories and stuff like that, do you notice... At the beginning of the game, I texted you where they had this big intro about kids playing in sports and kids doing this. And this is like, you know, kids playing in the NFL, peewee football. It's so amazing. I don't remember them doing that 10 years ago or even the last few years or so. But you know how, how like, uh, enrollment into youth football and peewee football is at an all-time low because of CTE and all you know, concussions and diagnosed concussions and, and the, the symptoms that can lead from there on out. Like parents are keeping their kids out of football and you can see the NFL for once trying to say, no, 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 this is great. You know, kids should be in football because they never campaigned or marketed to children before the last few years. You ever notice that? Yeah. I mean, the, the play 60 thing has always been around, but you know, the punt pass kick thing. But I feel like that they would have been hitting that up harder the last few years, considering the numbers have been down for, you know, uh, peewee football. The NFL is so archaic, though. Everything takes at least a few years. A few years after it should have been done is when they do it, you know, because they're just they're just not really forward thinking enough unless it makes them money directly. Then then they'll think that. And that's a whole other speech. I'm not going to go on my tirade about conspiracy theories and how I don't really like the NFL as a whole, and I have my own. Really sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, it's I don't know. It's it's all about it's all about money. It's it's important. It's it's a company. It's a corporation. You you got to make money. But um, there, I think they're starting to see the enrollment go down. And I think in a few years, if you continue, I mean, I just saw the Aaron Hernandez documentary, right? And if this becomes more mainstream, like it's starting to, uh, you know, with that, I can see, you know, a lot of athletes are going to be joining other sports and they're not going to be joining the NFL as much. So you're going to have a dip in talent in the future, you know, years, but we'll see. Uh, but I, anyway, so going back to the Chiefs, I, I think I would 100% agree with you. I think that Travis Kelsey... Um, would be a great addition to the Buffalo Bills from the tight end side of the ball. Um, you know, it's hard to say from the, the offensive line and defensive lines of some of these teams. I mentioned Nick Bosa, but I mean, offensive linemen. I'm sure. Popping out just like I did when I picked Bosa, when you picked Bosa. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Complete cop out. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. The copping out is one of my favorite things to do. Right? Who doesn't like a good cop? <laughs> I. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I mean, how can you not like that guy? The guy's, the guy's just a beast. Did you see that one play where he caught the ball and there was a corner following him, and then he switched, he switched field in the middle after right after he caught the ball, and he left the guy in the dirt. This guy who was probably had like you know was so much faster than him, but the guy just moved so well. He's got such great hands. He's always a reliable target. Target. It's a great blocker. I mean, there's there's nothing more you could want in a tight end than Travis Kelsey. So, um, love that guy. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Love it. For, so let's do some quick, I know uh, we normally do like stats of the game for uh, Bills games every week. I, I doubt you're new to this podcast or something if you're listening in the offseason. Because if you're listening in the offseason, you are a diehard Bills fan, right? You're probably... Um, probably some of the best Bills fans out there. And if it sounds like I'm pandering to you, the listeners, that's because I am. Because, <laughs> because this is, you know, let's just be honest. Like, there's not a lot of Bills news going on right now. So um, so we normally do a podcast after every game on Sunday, usually Sunday night, uh, about the Bills. And we go over stats of the game. We go over general thoughts of the game. We do wall of famers, wall of shamers, all that fun stuff. So let's go into stats of the game for the Super Bowl, our last stats of the game until week one of next season. Maybe we'll do some for the preseason. I, stats don't really count or matter in the Bills preseason, unless it's significant, but probably the last one for the next 30 weeks. So on the 49ers side of the ball, I mentioned before, Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 for 31, 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Raheem Mostert, 12 carries, 58 yards, one touchdown, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, rushing the ball, second leading rusher for the 49ers. And the leading rusher in the NFL for wide receivers, Debo Samuel, three carries for 53 yards, 17.7 yards per carry. And Tevin Coleman, five carries for 28 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. You know, do you ever wonder, we talk about game planning a lot for the Bills and... Um, you know, with, with Brian Dable and stuff like that, do you ever wonder that they didn't, I mean, the game wasn't really out of, wasn't really out of, out of grasp up until, you know, the very end, I kind of wondered why they didn't run the ball more. I mean, if, if you, if I mention all the carries that the, the 49ers just had, and one of the best running teams, rushing teams in the entire NFL, they only had 20 carries by running backs or wide receivers. I mean, that seems low. They had 31 passes. The way that they've been able to really gash teams throughout the entire, throughout the playoffs is just run, 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 run the ball. And they were running the ball at pretty decent yards per carry. Um, It was over five um, just for the running backs. So I don't know. It was just weird that they didn't do that more. Did you find that odd at all? It sounds sounds like the Bills sometimes. <laughs> oh, so uh, Kyle Shanahan turned into Brian Dable, and that's why they lost. Oh, okay. No, it was just it's just weird. It's just looking at the stats. I didn't think that during the game, but now that I look back at it, you know. Um, yeah, even I mean, even at the end of the first half, right? Like there was like less than two minutes left, and they had all their timeouts, and like the Chiefs are punting. They let the Chiefs run thirty five seconds off the clock. They got the ball, looked like they were going to run the run the clock out. You know, and they got like a penalty or something, and then they got thirty, you know, thirty yards, and then tried, but like it, it seemed very much Bills esque. Yeah, jeez, what is that? Is that a playing not to lose sort of thing or what? Because you know, I mean, you don't get that many offensive possessions. You kind of got to make the most of them if you can. You know, to a point. I mean, if it gets to third and long, yeah, you run the draw play, right, just to run the clock out before the end of the half. But I mean, if you're moving the ball at any with any sort of success before the end of the half. I feel like you got to keep going, you know? Wasn't it 10 to 10 and like you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Yes. Like I, I get you're getting the ball at the end of the half or for the second half, but like, you know, maybe try to get a field goal or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that's something I think Sean McDermott needs to work on. And obviously you could see here with Kyle Shanahan, um, every, and you, John, I think you of all people, especially on this podcast, you know, we're critical and rightfully so for, you know, every time, even if it's before the end of the half, if you have 30 seconds, 40 seconds, dial up some plays. If they work great, you keep moving the ball. You potentially score at least a field goal, right? I mean, every field goal, the game, football is a game of inches. Every field goal matter. Every point matters. So just try. And if it doesn't work, you know, you get to third down, you run the ball, you know, you run some clock off and you punt the ball and you give it to them 40 yards, 50 yards away. And then they probably, you know, run the ball three times and go into that half. Right. But at least you tried, at least you got there. And the way that the bills have, it seemed towards the end of the season, getting better at keeping their timeouts for once, you know, they, they, they would have them to, to drive down the field. So on the Chiefs side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes was 26 for 42, 286 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Damian Williams, who I kind of think should be the MVP of the game um, because he had a great game. Um, Damian Williams had 17 carries for 104 yards, one touchdown, 6.1 yards per carry, and he had that amazing run at the end of the game to seal the victory. After the Chiefs went up by three, the the Chiefs got the ball back, and he had a had a touchdown. I forget how long, maybe fifty something yards. Well, and uh, so I have it right here, thirty eight yard touchdown by Damian Williams. So great game for Damian Williams. Um, Lashawn McCoy, by the way, another healthy scratch for the Super Bowl. I kind of feel bad for him. You, John, did you kind? Of, were you? I would. I don't know if I was surprised by it, but I kind of kind of felt bad for him. I mean, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring now, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he didn't do. I mean, what what could Darwin Thompson have done? You know, more than Lashawn McCoy. I mean, he had one carry for zero yards, and he had you know zero receptions for zero yards on one target. <laughs> Just put Lashawn McCoy think, in there. I think he was getting the the fumbleitis during the season, and uh, one thing led to another, and they decided not to. I mean, you know how he always hangs the ball out there. I think that finally caught up to him you know when he's running around with the ball like out in his hand yeah type of thing yeah yeah that's a good point you know he i was surprised he got away with it as long as he did here in buffalo <laughs> i'm like just like dude just tuck that ball and you need to hold on and it never bit him it never bit him here and i guess yeah. finally finally this year you know after after a certain age you know it's just you just can't you know be tuning yeah jeez that's so old, and I say that as someone that's older than him. <laughs> ah, he's ancient. God, put him down. So, leading receiver for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. Surprise, surprise. Nine receptions for 105 yards on 16 targets. Sammy Watkins had five receptions for 98 yards on six targets. So, Sammy Watkins had a great game. Travis Kelsey, six receptions for 43 yards. One touchdown on six targets. Damian Williams, another reason... They, maybe he should be the MVP. Four receptions for 29 yards and one touchdown on eight targets. So, and then it went from there. But yeah, um, it was an exciting game. You know, I didn't think Patrick Mahomes played at his best as what we've seen before. But I mean, damn, he just, he, he did what he needed to do and, and ended up pulling the game out for them and, you know, was clutch when it mattered. So. Um, good for him, man. So, so, I mean, we talked about wall of famers, wall of shamers. John, who do you want to put on your wall of fame for the Chiefs win? 
Super Bowl win. Well, I mean, you've already mentioned it, Damian Williams. I mean, he had over 100 rushing yards, over six yards per carry. Um, he was a factor of the receiving game. And then, uh, you know, on top of it, the 49ers defensive line was dominating the Chiefs' offensive line. I mean, I would I would give it to Damian Williams. Uh, honorable mention, Andy Reid. Oh, love Andy Reid. So happy for Andy Reid. I love when they show the clip of him at that punt pass and kick contest as a kid. <laughs> if you if you haven't seen this, please YouTube Andy Reid punt pass and kick. Because the first time I saw it, it must have been like five or ten years ago, and they showed it. And you see all these little kids, you know, all these like, well, I don't know, 10-year-olds, right? Like they're all 10 or 12 or 11, and they're all, you know, about to punt a, a ball, kick a ball. And you see a man who looks almost exactly like he looks right now, <laughs> except in a football uniform. He's like six foot three. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wait, 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 this is a joke, right? This is some sort of ESPN spoof, like where he's, he joined a children's punt passing and kicking competition it's like no he was literally that big at 13 years old or whatever it's it's hilarious i and you know there's not it's he's such a likable guy and he's gone he's he's been to the championship so many times and not made it to the super bowl it's his second time ever making it to the super bowl finally won it he was the only coach in in actively in the nfl that had as many wins as he did without a super bowl win so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I love that as a, as a Wall of Famer and honorable mention. And I have to go with the same same thing, John. I, I love Damian Williams today. He looked great. Just goes to show you, man. When when players, offensive players, leave Miami, they do amazing things. Like Adam Gase just held back so many players in Miami. It's ridiculous. Think about Devontae Parker. Think about Ryan Tannehill. You know, Damian Williams. Another great example. Think about um. Why can't I think of the running back that left to go to the was traded to the Cardinals? <laughs> Fantasy um, took over for David Johnson. How come I? Can, this is a no edit podcast, by the way. We're we are officially in the off season no edit area. Do you remember his name? God, this is so unprofessional. See, this is why it's the off season. This is not what uh, I don't know. What was it? Drake or yeah, Kenyon Drake. Thank you. It's like I can picture his face. I can picture his jersey. Yes, Kenyon Drake. Thank you. All these players leave Miami un- under Adam Gason. Just do fantastic or amazing. Kenyon Drake, someone that's been mentioned as a potential running back for the Buffalo Bills, um, but it sounds like he might price himself out of the market for the Bills as another running back. But anyway, so Wall of Shame. Who do we want to talk about for today's Wall of Shame? I guess you would have to. You'd obviously have to look at the Forty ers at the at the point, and I guess you know, based on our conversation, talking about stats of the game, I think I think I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. Um, the offense didn't perform as well as, as you'd hope. Um, you know, running the ball. I mean, Raheem Mostert had over 200 yards rushing against the Green Bay Packers just a couple of weeks ago, and he had 58 yards today. And I don't think it was from lack of. The, they, they just pass the ball. They just pass the ball a little too much, and and the conservativeness before the end of the half. Um, John, did you think before we go into your wall of shame? Did you think that that was offensive pass interference on George Kittle pushing off before the end of the half? I think that was a good um, call. Yeah, I, I think so. I I didn't question it at the time that that it wasn't. So yeah, I, I said that it was. Yeah, I like I like that call. I think it was the correct call. Um, you know. I think that this game in general was officiated pretty well. 
all things considered. I don't think they made a lot of calls where you're just like, oh, come on. Like, let the guys play. Like, that was like that was a pass. Or that was a catch. And the guy clearly held the linebacker off from getting closer in coverage to actually affect the pass. So I was completely fine with that. Um, there was another pass interference call against the 49ers, uh, against Travis Kelsey, uh, where uh, the defensive back for the 49ers basically, you know, put his hands up and just like kind of stood right in front of Kel- Travis Kelsey, but he didn't turn back at all. And he, Travis Kelsey couldn't come back for the ball. So it was defensive pass interference. And that call again to me is like, that makes perfect sense. You have to turn around for the ball. And Travis Kelsey couldn't come back to get the ball. To I think even contact too so it's like a no-brainer yeah no-brainer exactly so that was i mean i think he was the only one i think the 49ers defensive back was the only one that was surprised at that call i think for the most part all of us at home were like yeah that's defensive pass interference (laughs) so john who's on your wall of shame are you gonna agree with are you you copping out on this one you can cop out yeah i was gonna hope you would ask me first i would have to cop (laughs) out but yeah shanahan we just think alike man that's why we're that's why you're a good host and you know why we work well together so um, great. So, you know, this is exciting time to talk. John, real quick. I mean, I know you missed a little bit of the beginning. I, I mean, you're in and out. There's no way that anyone could possibly sit at a Super Bowl party the entire time and watch every commercial, every play of the game, everything. It's just impossible. I mean, you have people coming and going. You're coming or going. Different things are happening. But what was your favorite halftime commercial <laughs> for today? Was there a I bunch of them? Two commercials. <laughs> Two commercials the whole time. You were th- thumbing through Twitter the rest of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a combination of things. I mean, the I mean, out of the few that I saw, I mean, I like the the Rick and Morty Pringles one that was kind of cool, but I don't know. I, I'm not really much for the commercial scene. Yeah, me either. Me either. I got to get into Rick and Morty. You and Mike have talked about Rick and Morty. Like, I I just got to get into it. Is it is it worth my time? Yes, absolutely. Okay, there was no hesitation there. I will definitely check that out. Um, now that our daughter is old enough, I can finally start streaming things and have a life again, somewhat. So I'm I'm starting to get into things. I watched Aaron Hernandez, uh, Trial of Aaron Hernandez thing on Netflix. The documentary was really cool. Um, yeah, I'm getting back into it, man. I was watching World War II in color. The Netflix doc. Oh, man, dude. Methamphetamine, man. That does wonders. Um, <laughs> at least for soldiers in world war ii so um i think that my favorite commercial was uh i mean charlie it was really cool seeing charlie from always sunny in philadelphia all night long um he's hilarious i think that the one that i thought was best was the uh the mc hammer can't touch this one it was it was a commercial about the cheetos they have i think it was popcorn cheetos popcorn or something and the guy kept getting orange stuff on his fingers and he kept getting out of having to do things because he had orange stuff on his fingers and nobody wanted to touch anything, right? <laughs> so, like, there would be a time where his boss came to him with, like, a bunch of papers he's, and he saw his fingers. He's like, oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> so, he gave it to, so everywhere he's going, he's 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 got Cheetos fingers everywhere. And people are like, oh, you know, like somebody was needed help, you know, fixing something or, oh, it was carrying a couch. <laughs> it was, like, the next thing he was moving. His buddy was moving his couch out of the hall. He's like, man, can I get a hand? He's like, oh, you know, sorry, I got... <laughs> Cheetos figures. I don't know if it went to like a funeral casket thing. I can't remember, but it was. And then eventually, MC Hammer comes out because the whole theme song is "You Can't Touch This," right? So um, that was by far my favorite. I'm not a big fan of the sad commercials. I got to be honest. I I know that they're effective, and I know they the, the sad commercials. I before 
commercials just used to be commercials like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And then all of a sudden they went funny and everyone's like, oh my God, like the commercials are the best part of the Super Bowl if you don't have a rooting interest. And then they went to like, oh, let's shock and like make people really sad. And it's like, uh, I don't need those. I don't need those commercials. Those commercials can stay for my no- my newsfeed in, in, in Facebook and Twitter timeline. So Sometimes they just don't flat out make any sense. Like there's a car commercial with Arya Stark singing a Frozen song. Like I didn't understand it. <laughs> Agreed. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, I recognize this song. I know that's Arya. What is the, what's going on? Oh, it's in about electric Audi. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like why, what are we trying to combine here? <laughs> like, okay. Like never would have thought. Yeah. Okay. Arya is driving a car. That's okay. It's whatever. It's, Disney song, okay. Disney song, not in winter. <laughs> it's in the middle of the. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, not to brag, but uh, one of. <laughs> it's not even a brag. I don't own it, but one of my friends bought a Tesla this last year, and he let me ride in it um, before the game. Man, man, I might if if I could afford a Tesla, maybe I would consider it. It was pretty freaking cool. He was showing me the no drive feature or the. I mean, it's a feature where you don't have to turn the steering wheel and he was just like going down the street. He's like, yeah, he's like, you just have to touch the wheel every 30 seconds or so, you know, just to, but I'm like, he's like, yeah, I can pull up Netflix. I can, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's insane. Sounds scary, but future is here, man. So, all right. On that note, um, John, do you have anything else to add about this game before we go into the off season officially? Go oh, Bills. <laughs> I wasn't, we were, we're not signing off right now. I wasn't signing off. <laughs> this wasn't the sign off time. I don't have, I don't have anything else about this game. I'm good. This, okay. is, this was good. It was a good game. I, good game. I, I'm, I'm happy for Andy, for Andy Reid and I am ready for the off season. Ready for the off season. Do you think real quick, the Bills makes a few upgrades in the off season. They don't lose a lot of players. I mean, there's really only a few that they would lose, but I'm not really worried about that. Um, could they potentially be one of these teams next year, or do you think it's still maybe a couple of years out? If you were to just just blindly just say, you know, they they potentially they make the playoffs next year, could they make a run like this, or do you think they're still a little bit further away than than maybe we'd hope? You know, it's funny because like every year in December, January, February, it's like they need so many things; it's never going to happen. They need this, this, that, and the other thing. Too many huge needs. And then by the time we get to August, it's like, I think they can do this. <laughs> Hope is at an all-time high. <laughs> Hope yeah. springs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I think they can do it. Oh, they'll have covered every hole. We'll have an elite wide receiver, elite defensive end. Um, the offensive line will be upgraded. Um, Josh Allen will be ready for that third-year you know, plunge into franchise quarterback. And the defense is going to get even better than before. They're going to have more depth through the draft. I mean, this is, they're going to be unstoppable, right? I mean, this is the year, the Super Bowl year, right? 101st season. Super Bowl 55. 30 years after they went to the, oh, that's going to be such a great storyline. 30 years after their first Super Bowl appearance, back again, Josh Allen. All right. It'll be great. Jim Kelly will be at the Super Bowl. Bruce Smith, Irma Thomas, and Reed, all those guys. They'll all be there. That'll be great. That'll be great. Exciting, exciting stuff. So got a lot of stuff um, for you. I'm, I'm lining up some interviews to talk about free agency and the bills this off season. So please stay tuned for that. So thank you guys so much for listening on this Super Bowl recap and bills discussion. So for John. 
And for me, Nate, go Bills. Thank you so much for listening. Congrats to Andy Reid. Congrats to the Chiefs and all Chiefs fans out there. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.